You're listening to audio from Redwood Baptist Church. If you need any more information about us, go to weareredwood.org. We hope that the message that you're about to hear will strengthen you, encourage you, and make you more like Jesus. Blessings. Any anxious Christian would love to have, (coughs) excuse me, this prayer offered on their behalf. Paul is writing to the Thessalonian church in his second letter, and he's got some very powerful and encouraging words. Look what it says in verse number 16 of 2 Thessalonians chapter number 3. Now the Lord of peace Himself give you peace always by all means. The Lord be with you all. The salutation of Paul with mine own hand, which is token in every epistle so i write notice what he says there and that's something interesting he's saying here basically i i sign all of my i sign all of my epistles i let you know uh, who wrote that and that's why some people believe that the book of hebrews was written uh, by the apostle paul i don't necessarily ever reference it because there's no indication when you read hebrews um, who uh, who wrote that and so He's saying here, the salutation of Paul with mine own hand, which is the token in every epistle, so I write. Verse 18, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And so there's this potent reminder here at the end of this this second letter to the uh, church at Thessalonica that where, uh, where, where we can and should turn when anxiety threatens. We've talked so much about it, the uh, the, the health concerns that uh, bring about, um, that, that anxiety brings about, and then the, the constant care and the sovereign care of our Heavenly Father. Uh, but he now says here, when, when, but when you do experience this anxiety, you have the Lord of peace Himself. Now let me define what peace is commonly defined as. That is a sense of calm, tranquility, quietness, bliss, contentment we're going to start a little mini series at 11 on contentment entitled it within grasp but it's it's calm it's tranquility it's quietness it's bliss it's contentment it's well-being how many of you'd like some of that that sounds really really good doesn't it and that's how it's kind of defined when when everything is going the way that we would like it to go that definition however is incomplete because all of those feelings can be produced by taking a pill, by alcohol, a good nap, a generous inheritance, or even deliberate deception on your own part that everything's just hunky-dory. And so the reassurance of a friend or someone you love can also produce that kind of temporary peace. And this is not the kind of peace that Paul is, had in mind. Godly peace has nothing to do, I'm about to say, has nothing to do, godly peace, so the God-given peace has nothing to do with human beings or even human circumstances. In fact, it cannot be produced on a human level at all. Any manufactured or manipulated peace, it's, it's fragile at best. It can be destroyed instantly by failure. Instantly 
can be destroyed by doubt, fear, difficulty, guilt, shame, distress, regret, sorrow, the, the anxiety of making a wrong choice. Have you made a wrong choice recently? Yeah, we do. The anticipation of being maybe mistreated or victimized by someone. The uncertainty of the future. The anticipation of what could happen tomorrow could rob the peace of today. Anything that challenges our position or our possessions. And we experience all of those things. Failure, doubt, fear, difficulty, so on and so forth. We experience those things daily. And so the peace that God gives us is not subject to the fluctuations and the uncertainties of life. And so I want to end our series that we've been looking at over these weeks on worry with the idea of circumstantial peace. Circumstantial peace. Meaning having peace in every single circumstance of life. And so the peace that God gives, it's, it doesn't just ebb and flow with your circumstances. It doesn't just ebb and flow with failure or victory. It doesn't just ebb and flow in good health or bad health. No, it's a, it's a spiritual peace. It's an attitude of the heart and mind when we believe and therefore know deep down that all is well between God and ourselves, right? Isn't there an old song, you know, everything is good between my Lord, my, me and my Savior or something like that, right? And so it's a, it, it's a deep down in belief. It's a, a deep down understanding. It's a assurance that He is lovingly in control of everything. And we as Christians should know for certain that our sins are forgiven, that God is, is concerned with our well-being, and that heaven is our destiny. And God's peace is our possession. It's our privilege by divine right. So look at verse number 16. We see that true peace is divine. True peace is divine. Now the Lord of peace Himself gives you or give you peace. The pronoun Himself, it's, it's emphatic in the Greek text. And what it does is it underscores God's personal involvement. Christian peace, the peace that is unique to a believer, the peace that's unique to someone who has had their sins forgiven, someone who understands that they have a heavenly Father as Jesus taught in Matthew 6 in his Sermon on the Mount when he's talking about the birds and he's talking about you know, the fields and he says, you know, but you, you have a heavenly Father. The peace that comes along with that, it, is a, uh, it, 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 it comes personally from God. It is the very essence of His nature. To put it simply, peace is an attribute of God. Now, if I were to ask us this morning to list some of the attributes of God, so often we would probably talk about love and His grace and His mercy and how He's omnipotent and how He's omniscient. How Here's a big word, how He's immutable. You know, He's not... He doesn't change, right? He's indestructible. 
He's all wisdom. He's truth. But you know another attribute of God is? That He is peace. He's characterized by peace. Whatever is, whatever it is that He gives you, hear me, He has and He is. So there is no lack of perfect peace in His being. God's never stressed out. He's never anxious. He never worries. He never doubts. He never fears. He never has a problem making up his mind. One of the things that I know sometimes frustrates my family is we'll like try to we'll try to plan a day and then the actual day comes. You know, like it's a maybe it's a day off where I'm spending with my family. And there's like this, I just can't make up our mind. What are we going to do? Are we going to ride a bike? Are we going to do this? Are we going to do that? And sometimes, sometimes, that frustrates my, sometimes it frustrates my family. I confess in front of all of you. I am sorry <laughs> for that. And God's never like that. He never has problems making up his mind. He's never, oh, he's never, he's never immobilized. He's never, he's never ca- you know, kind of you know, hand- shackled by different things. God lives in perfect calm and contentment. Why? Because he is in charge of everything. He is in charge of the operation of everything. And it goes perfectly according to his own will. Since God is omniscient, means he knows everything. That's honestly a characteristic we'll often give him. Because he's omniscient, he's never surprised. Do you ever get surprised? Do you ever get blindsided? It's because you're not God. And by the way, that's a good thing. But he never gets surprised. He never gets blindsided. There is no threat to his omnipotence, which means he is all-powerful. There is no possible sin that can stain his holiness. Even, even God's wrath is clear and controlled. There's no regret in his mind for he's never done, said, or thought anything that he would change in any way. God knows perfect harmony within himself. And the Bible calls him the Lord of peace. Literally, you can kind of define it when you study it. It's like he is the Lord of the peace, meaning the real peace deal it's not a facade it's not fake it's not what the world often tries to conjure up this is real peace the divine kind not the kind the world has and paul's prayer is that we might experience this kind of peace its source is god and god alone and so we see that this is a this peace during circumstances that it is divine because circumstances are going to come but even in those circumstances you can remain calm you can be assured of this peace let me say secondly true peace is not only god's nature it's not only divine but true peace is a gift look at verse 16 again now the lord of peace himself it's his nature give you peace Always by all means, the Lord be with you all. God's peace is sovereign. It's a gracious gift bestowed on those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Psalm 85, verse 5 says this, I will hear what God, the Lord, will speak, for He will speak peace unto His people. Speak peace to them. God grants peace to those who belong to Him. Let me ask you a question. Do you belong to Him this morning? Are you a believer? Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? The book of John, John 1.12, says that when you receive Christ as your Savior, you become the sons of God. You belong to God. You become a child of God. He becomes your heavenly Father. Is He your heavenly Father? If He is, and only your heart, as I look out, I believe I know everybody in here, and I, I would say yes, but ultimately, your heart is the only one that can answer that. And in the heart of hearts and in who you are, listen, the Lord gives peace to those that belong to Him. Jesus in the upper room, he's, he's foretelling his, his death, foretelling that he's going to leave the disciples. And Jesus tells them in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. Notice what he says. Actually, turn there real quick. Turn to John 14. John 14, because I want I, I, Jesus even makes the distinction here of this like fake stuff and genuine. The beginning of John 14, he says, hey, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, you know where I'm going. Thomas is like, yeah, I don't know where I'm going. And Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. And Jesus continues to teach, teaching on the ministry of the Holy Spirit and how I, he's saying, I need to go away so another comforter can come. But look what it says in verse 27 of John 14. Peace, he's talking to the disciples in the upper room. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you see it's a gift not as the world giveth give i unto you let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid in other words he's he's making a distinction here it's not the stuff that that that, that, that the world has there is no greater gift for the anxious man or woman or human being than god's peace so however so so, so we, we will this relief and anxiety, how are we going to be able to kind of, how can you distinction that? Well, you will find that it's not connected to your circumstances. That's when you know you've got, that, that, that you're expressing that real peace. When it's not connected to just your well-being. Not when, when it's just simply not connected to the tranquility that so often is described when you think of the definitions of peace. God is generous to whom He grants His peace, but there is a limit. Isaiah 57, verse 19 says, I create the fruit of the lips. Peace. Peace to him that is far off and to him that is near, saith the Lord. I will heal him. But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. So what Isaiah is saying here is that God will grant peace to those who come from near and from far. In other words, those that maybe have grown up understanding, you know, grown up in church, grew up in the nursery, got little babies down in the nursery, and they kind of just know or from afar, God calls. And those that, uh, th th those that will put their faith and their trust in Him, they're going to understand this peace, but, but, not, but not the wicked, not the lost, 
Isaiah is saying they don't, they don't understand what real peace is. Thomas Watson, in his book, A Body of Divinity, he explains it further. Let me read a quote from him. Peace flows from sanctification, but they being unregenerate have nothing to do with peace. They may have a truce, but no peace. God may forbear the wicked a while and stop the roaring of his cannon, but though there be a truce, yet there is no peace. The wicked may have something which looks like peace, but it is not. They may be fearless and stupid, he says, but there is a great difference between stupefied conscience and a pacified conscience. This is the devil's peace. He rocks men in the cradle of security. He cries, peace, peace, when men are on the precipice of hell. They seemingly, they seeming peace, the seeming, excuse me, peace a sinner has is not from the knowledge of his happiness, but the ignorance of his danger. It's pretty deep. It's pretty, it's pretty well put. Isaiah is kind of alluding to that. He's like, hey, no, no, no. I give peace to those that actually belong. Everybody else, I don't, I don't give true peace to the wicked. And so the peace of the wicked, it's born out of, it's born out of delusion. True peace is a child of saving grace. The Apostle Paul shared something similar to uh, those that were in Rome. Similar to what he closes with Second Thessalonians with. It says in Romans 15, verse 13, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Who has the Holy Ghost? Who's got Him? Who? Believers. No secondary, you don't need extra Holy Spirit. You got Him. You got all of Him when you got saved. And so with Him comes the peace. How about the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, what? Peace. Peace. You've got it. I've got it. We've got to just let it out. Got to let it out. And so God's peace, it's this gift. It's amazing. You didn't have to earn it. It came with your salvation. Praise Him for it. But it's not only a gift, but it's a gift that keeps on giving. How many of you like those gifts that keep on giving, right? Look at verse 16 again. Now the Lord of peace Himself, ooh, there's the nature. It's divine. Give you, woo, there's a gift. Peace, next word, always. Always. By adding always, what Paul is emphasizing is that it is constantly available. So the implication of it being constantly available is that it can be interrupted. Nah, you're contradicting your whole lesson, Ryan. Uh, it's not interrupted by God, but us. See, when, when you and I, we, we suspend, so to speak, the flow of peace in our lives by succumbing to our flesh. Paul said in Galatians 5, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so later on in Galatians chapter 
you know, five, and you're talking about the spirit and the fruit of the spirit and the love, joy, peace. When you and I, when, when we're walking in that, and I taught heavily, heavily on that uh, through a Wednesday night series on, you know, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in us and can't necessarily take all of the time this morning to, to teach that. But when you and I, when we're, when we're being filled with the Spirit, when we're being dominated by the Spirit, when we're allowing Him to, to, to live through our lives, then you and I, we're not, <coughs> excuse me, going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. When you and I are controlled by emotion, when we're controlled by our sinful flesh that is still around, what happens is, is we're open season to all kinds of anxiety. The dread of the unknown, the fear of death, the loss of loved ones, so on and so forth, has power over us. And so how does this unfortunate process begin? When we stop focusing on our permanent condition in Christ. We take our eyes off of Him. We stop realizing who we are in Christ and our position in Christ. And then we begin to focus on the temporal things. We're not living for the kingdom of God. We're living for a kingdom of ourself. The things that all the things that Jesus was teaching in his Sermon on the Mount. And then we begin to live by the flesh. And anxiety comes and fret comes and worry comes. And listen to me, it is always there. At every moment of every day. But are we experiencing it? I don't mind admitting before you that there's times. No, I'm not. And what I am doing at those moments here, we're not, let, 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 me, let me step on your toes. Let me step on my toes. It means that I'm not walking in the Spirit at those moments. It means I'm giving into my flesh. Ryan, you don't know my circumstances. Do you know Paul's circumstances? We're going to look so heavily into that over the next two weeks in our series of Within Grasp. <laughs> Hello, Paul's experiences were crazy and he's the human author of course inspiration of the holy spirit to pen these letters to these churches and so the psalmist said in psalm 42 verse 11 why art thou cast down O my soul why art thou disquieted within me hope thou in god for i shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. The psalmist reminded himself that God was there to help him. And we can trust him because he's trustworthy. We've looked at that over the weeks. He genuinely cares for us. We've looked at that over the weeks. And so you and I, let me read, let me read a text here from, from Job. Behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. Therefore despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty. For he maketh sore and bindeth up, and he woundeth and his hands make whole. He shall deliver thee in six troubles, and seven, so on and so forth, and famine. And he just goes on. And then at the end of, uh, of chapter number 5, it talks about here, and thou shalt know that thy tabernacle shall be in peace. In peace. Verse, verse 23, For thou shalt be in league with the stones of the field, and the beasts of the field shall be at peace. With thee. And he's talking about here how sometimes we, when, when we start to live in the flesh, I should have read the whole chapter, but I'm worried about time, I'm sorry. Worried about when we're not living the right way, chastisement comes. And then when you and I, when we begin to 
do what is right, when we begin to obey the Word of God, when we allow the Holy Spirit to, to guide and direct again, and we say, okay, there is an error of my ways, and I'm going to come back here, and then circumstantially you, you, you get you have that peace again with the Lord of doing what is right. My glory and honor and peace to every man that worketh good, Romans 2.10 says. So if you've lost God's peace in your life, you can find it again. You and I, sometimes we just need to re-step, we need to retrace our steps. We need to, we need to see, am I, am I trusting God in everything? We've turned from our sins. Yes, we're walking in obedience. We're enduring His refining work sometimes in our lives if we need it. Paul says, hey, God, God's peace is always available to you. It's all what you can always avail yourself to it. It, it. It's amazing. Now, the Lord of peace Himself give you peace always. And then where we're going to go next week is by all means. Through all, the, through all the circumstances. Verse number 18, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. Listen, can I, can, I, can I put like God's peace under just a heading here? Just God's grace in your life. It's His grace in your life to have the peace through the circumstances. You know how many people, and there's seasons in my life where I do the same thing, but where I just say, you know what? I'm just going to, be angry with God. And people are, and they do. And they get, they, 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 they get so bent out of shape because something's not going the way that they think that it should go. You know, the job didn't come through. The health didn't come through. And they're angry with God. But you and I, we've got to realize, and this is going to dovetail right into a little mini-series here at 11 on contentment. You and I, we've got to get off our thrones. We've got to let Him be on the throne of our life. And we've got to let Him guide and direct our lives and we realize that we have a loving, caring God that will meet you right where you're at and He will minister to you and He will give you the peace and He will give you the grace that is needed. So here's what I want to do. I wanted to finish because I wanted to give us some time. I'd like for you, it's only, it's only 1043, so there's plenty of time. I'd like for you, by yourself, by yourself, so it should be like super quiet in here, by yourself to... Talk to the Lord and have him show you where you are not living in peace, where you are trying to do things your own way, where you're seeing that, 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 that you're not submitting to his plan for your life. And then as you pray to him, allow, you, allow him to show you that this is, very, this is divine, this is who he is, to give you the peace that you need for the weeks to come and the months to come and the years to come. And that He gives it to you freely. It's in your salvation. And that it is always there for you no matter what your circumstances are. So let's spend some time just, just, just praying to the Lord. Let Him talk to you as you pray to Him.